Hello, hello. Happy Friday, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, on this episode of Nico's Notebook, we'll be highlighting Angel, the owner of Republica in Portland, Oregon. Hello, Angel. How are we doing? Good. How are you doing, man? Not too bad. Did we get this thing working finally? Hold on a second. We got it working. Take three. All right. That didn't take too long. There you go. There how, go. Are you, how are you doing? Not too bad, man. Sorry about the technical glitches. I, you know, I can't keep up with um, going back and forth with like Zoom, with Google Hangouts and all that shit. Like this is Instagram Live is a thing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. I'm still figuring it out as well myself. Talk to me. Thank you guys for uh, well. Thank you for the invite. This is uh, what what volume is this? One, two, this, three. This is number two. We first nice. vo first volume was yesterday, so I'm super stoked to have you on today. Okay, yeah. I like that. That's yeah. exciting. Damn, that's it's a lot of movement in two days. Yeah, it is a lot of movement. It's a lot of learning on my end, but it's 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 been fun. It's been good. How are you? So your Friday's going well. It's not too bad. You know, the last few days since we uh, we started doing uh, Matutina, which is our morning concept of uh, pastries, uh, I've been trying to be a good sport with the rest of our team and uh, and with my partner and, and waking up at like 4.30 to be there at 5. Wow. That was awesome. Um, and for anybody that doesn't already wake up early, you get so much shit done between that period of time if you can just block it out and, yeah. and focus. Uh, but it's been great, but it's definitely taken a, a beating on me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, uh, it's been a while since I had to do the, the 5 a.m. shift, so. What, 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 time, what time are you headed to bed, then? Um, well, that's the problem, right? Like, it'd be a lot easier if, uh, you know, there's still, I'm not going to make it seem like we work a lot. Like, we work a lot, but there's still flexibility in the middle of the day. So, yeah. uh, yesterday we came home and, like, took, like, an hour nap, came back, and, um, you know, in reality, we should have been in bed by, like, 10, but it was, like, midnight. Yeah. So, definitely not a lot of sleep. I mean, you're yeah. still going to have to recover in some way or another. It happens. Awesome. So. Well, I guess kind of to jump into it, um. I know. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm super stoked to have you on, just because you have so many stories and so many viewpoints, and you know, you have La Perlita, Reforma, Republica. But I guess kind of to hone in with Republica, I guess if you could kind of just share like how you started, I guess. Yeah. Um, so again, thank you for for having me as as a guest and and letting me share some of our story. Uh, Republica is something that, that uh, my buddy and I, uh, my good friend, Lauro Romero, who's our chef and my business partner, um, have been talking about for a long time. Uh, this is something that uh, within the Mexican community, at least uh, food, we, we didn't feel like it was well represented, that it was a lot of concepts that were created to uh, appease a particular demographic, in this case, a very white demographic. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's room for everybody, but it just wasn't really... Um, what we consider to be a, a fair representation of what Mexican food is. Yeah. Uh, and and so that's how the story came about. You know, I owned three shops before um, La Perlita. And, and in August of 2019, I took a pause from everything to go off to Mexico. And, and that was the idea to spend more time with the, you know, I spent a lot of my time with coffee producers or in coffee. Yeah. So I meant spending time with coffee producers and, and that's it. You know, uh, the pandemic happened. Fast forward to March, uh, having to come back here because I still had one shop. 
And we started those conversations again slowly about how, like, man, we should just, this would probably be a good time to do it. And, and that's really how, like, the whole thing came about. And this is after having many and many conversations and a lot of complaining, really. It's not really conversations. It's just these sessions we would get into, like, how bullshit this thing was or yeah. how, like, um, and, and again, we're not here to claim, you know, authenticity or upscale or elevate or any of that shit. You know, for us, it's more about uh, a, a fair representation of what Mexican food is. And that means that it's not meant to be cheap. Uh, and it's certainly not meant to be fast, uh, nor something that is um, that could be put into like a, a process of where like, well, you just if you buy all this stuff pre-made, then you can just throw it together when you make it. Yeah. It's not supposed to be anything like that. So um, come August, uh, there was an opportunity with uh, the space where we're at with La Perlita, where it became so popular that um, there was a, a laughing planet that went under and they asked us if we had any interest and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, I kid you not between that and, and you know, but I, I had my reservations. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, yeah, it's the middle of the pandemic still. Like, yeah. like the timing is either perfect or really stupid, but yeah. we'll figure it out. And we were sitting here where I'm at and having a conversation and my partner, Olivia, who has her very, she had her own like thing going on with uh, Olivia B Sweets and her pop-up. She's like, I can help. Like you guys are dumb if you don't do this. It's, you're not going to get another chance to do it. So, uh, it, honestly, that's how it came about. So between the three of us, we started crafting this concept of like, how do we take traditional homestyle Mexican and present it in a way that hasn't been presented before? Yeah. Um, and then in the evening, just have a more like, more like relaxed vibe where it's just more antojitos, small plates, desserts, wine, and that's what happened. You know, we. We got the keys to the space on October 1st. And at that point, I had already planned out the entire breakdown of who we were going to open this space. And we did it with just our money. There was no investor money. There was no seed money. It was just like, if it fails, it fails. We had a bunch, We had a little bit of cash saved on reserves, and we were going to give this thing a shot. So um, on the 25th, we had our first like trial run with the yeah. pop-up. And that was a lot of fun. So it, between the day that we got the keys to the day that we got it up, um, it took maybe 25 days. Uh, wow. Even up until we get the pop up, we were still painting stuff, hanging shit. Like, yeah, it was it was rushed, but it was the only time that we were going to be able to take advantage of of the weather because we knew that everything was going to change in the coming days. Yeah. Uh, we were not going to have a patio for too long, and and that was it, man. Like, we we opened on the 28th officially. Um, we opened without a liquor license because again, we had gone so fast that yeah. they couldn't keep up with us. Um, and that was it. Uh, so far now it's like, we're in a position where we have, I think counting ourselves, it's 14 of us, uh, wow. four, yeah, five, yeah, 14 employees. So it, it grew really fast Wow. and you know, yeah, like we, we've been really fortunate that the press has been good, that we stuck. Uh, we stood by the things that we believed in as far as food goes and as far as like who we wanted to see in there. And that's been all the difference, you know, that, that we've gotten the opportunity to do what most people, I mean, it's a luxury to be, to have a business and be successful right now. Yeah. Uh, but it's a whole different conversation when you're talking about having a business that's actually, uh, as that's doing performing, not just from a financial standpoint from, but what it was supposed to mean it's doing so well with, with, with the press. It's doing so well with our clientele. I mean, you, you had dinner there a few times. Yeah, so. yeah of course. Yeah. Delicious. Delicious. So I guess, and that's it, man. 
Yeah, I love it. So how, I mean, you built somewhat of a BIPOC hub in, in I mean, in the EcoTrust building. I mean, with Perlita, yeah. with, with Republica, did you know going into everything that you were kind of going to build this hub or, I mean... Yeah, um, as as crazy as that sounds, it wasn't that I, I knew that I believed in it. It's just I was gonna put my faith in in our own like BIPOC community in in Portland, right? It's not a big one, but it it was big enough where we can we can expect them to to support us, yeah, uh, support us to an extent, and we built everything around that idea. So if you look at a lot of our brand whether it's on social media or anywhere, we don't, we don't, we were very careful with the way that not, not just we word our menu or we word our stories, but also who appears in our imagery. You're not going to find a lot of people that don't look like us in it. Yeah. Um, we're also very, like, we're also very good about not exploring our own culture and, you know, talking up something that really um, isn't, you know, like yeah. we're not, overemphasizing Latinidad or any of these things that have become almost like a trend, right? And and that's all things that go into into our not just our business plan, our marketing plan, but also how we're gonna take on the on the market. So it's still inviting and it's welcoming for yeah. everyone. Um, I hate using terms like a safe space because if you have to advertise it, that means that there was probably not safe to begin with, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, we're very, very good about the way that we craft our language and the way that we tell our stories so that um, it should be able to, you should be able to relate with it without us having to say, look, it's authentic, it's yeah. Latinx. So that's the idea behind it. We we built it just as that. We said, if we if we go down with the ship, then you know, it's because our folks didn't come through. But I mean, if you, you've been there on the weekend, yeah. I think in Portland, in anywhere really you're not going to find a place that has this many like brown folks in one spot and then, not to mention that it's in the in considerably probably the whitest yeah. part of portland which is in the pearl yeah. so um it's just a testament that how strong our culture our, our message is but also how great our community is that when it comes time to supporting something that they believe in they're going to come through so my thing to like young people when they're marketing it's like why aren't you marketing to your, to your own people? Like stop pushing that brand. That's like, you're trying to reach a certain, how do I say this politely? You're trying to reach a certain adjacency to a culture um, that, that everybody else is, right? It's yeah. not that they're purposely advertising to young, clean, handsome, beautiful, hip people, right? They're, yeah. it's just, they're not advertising to people like myself or people like you necessarily. So yeah. that's what our whole brand is about. And, with that, you also have to spend a lot of time understanding your own history and, and also making sure that the message and the things that you're talking about are being mirrored by what your employees are saying about you or yeah. what you're doing for your own community. So there's a whole like kind of circular thing that we go through with like um, where we make sure that if we're going to do anything for our own community, whether we're going to talk about it, then we're doing something like if we're going to claim this, like, the most BIPOC spot in Portland, then we have to be doing something else for our own to make sure that that mirrors the message, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of thought that goes into it, but at the end, it, it's also very specific in a way that we're not trying to exploit our own by, 
you know, doing too much. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, even I mean, even the little details like uh, Gonzalez Wine uh, Winery, yep. correct? You know, um, uh, owned by a Latina, and so it's it seems like I mean, you've thought you've thought about all the little details, which again kind of separate you from other people. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, there is some limitations, uh, as some people would say, right? I, I was talking to a young um, um, person in wine who phenomenal kid uh, and he wants to do pop-ups and, and come and do tastings once things uh, like open up a little bit but he's yeah. also known that he's limited um and and when he, he, he mentioned that to me and i kind of took it as like why do you feel you're limited this is great product you you might be limited in the sense that there's not enough like diversity in wine but since there's already so much like so many other winemakers that are not BIPOC or that are not women, they're going to be fine. They, there's plenty of places in Portland that are going to cater for them. If it means that we only carry 10 wines because that's all we have within the you know Pacific Northwest or that's all we have access to, then we're going to carry them and people are going to know that this is where they're going to find it. And when yeah. they want somebody to speak credibly about wine, especially this kind of wine, then they're going to come here versus going to somebody else. And again, that's not a knock on everybody else that is – selling wine but it's they're going to be fine they there's yeah. so much great wine out there that um our wine is just as great except that we don't have a lot of it because we just don't have that representation yet yeah, yeah. yeah. but that's changing so yeah yeah it, I, you know i'd rather sell 10 cases of christina's wine um and know that it's like i'm supporting somebody that's like a, a you know a single mother working her ass off that is doing it all without like a sponsor or an investor or any of that stuff. And I know that when we talk about those stories, her story is closer to mine than anybody else because yeah. we have that same thing in common, right? That hustler mentality. And I support that, man. And if I don't, and like if, if somebody told me like you can only sell her wine tomorrow, we'll sell it, you know, yeah. we'll just tell her to make more. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. Um, I guess a, f a fun little question uh, that I came up with before we jumped on this call that I, I'm kind of, I'm, I mean, I'm very excited to ask you, but what's your, what's your favorite failure? I mean, whether it's, whether it's between Republica, Perlita, oh, God. Reforma. I, I love those. Those are actually my favorite stories because, you know, when, I, I don't know if you, if you knew me from um, when we launched Kiosco, when I say we, is that I got to give some of that credit to my ex-partner, um, we went all in with it and we wanted to create a space like no other, right? And in the process of it, um, we grew and we grew really fast, meaning that we opened Kiosco and then eight months later we opened Con Leche and then four months later we opened La Perlita. At the end of it, um, there was a lot of things that we could have been better with, whether it's, it's the same things that affect every, in my opinion, most uh, folks that are VIPOC. And these are the, th the things that I, I think are more necessary in the community that is good mentoring, uh, good access to resources, and good access to capital. And in the beginning, we didn't have any of those three. So yeah. we had to figure out a lot of that stuff. And you're playing a different game at that point. You're playing catch up to a lot of these things. And I'm not saying that these things don't exist. It's just that uh, maybe it's a, I don't know if it's like a, a, a cultural thing or a pride thing, but we're so good about like, no, we're going to use our own money. We're going to use our own hustle and, and we don't need anybody else's help or mentoring. And, yeah. and, and we, we had to go uphill for a lot of the period to the point of where it, it kind of drove us apart. Well, not kind of, I mean, if we fully, um, you know, we, we broke up 
we took some of the, and, and this is a somewhat of a personal story, but like we just split our, 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 um, all of our money. And, and then I tried just running things instead of asking for help, instead of asking for mentoring or sort of even yeah. seeking funding, I tried doing it on my own. And to the point where I got burned down, I got spread thin. And it's one of those things where like all of that would have been solved if somebody like somebody else would have stepped up and be like, Hey, this is, have you guys considered this? What happens with this? These are things that you never really think about. So not trying to discourage anybody from doing any of those yeah. things, from spending that time uh, or opening the, the place of your dreams. You just have to be really realistic. You have to set expectations as to what it is that everyone does and what it's responsible for and what it is that you're trying to achieve. I think the biggest difference now this time around with, with Republica, with La Perlita, is that I know what the end looks like. So I'm just working it backwards versus being excited about just having a place and having another place, another place where you have no direction. You're just yeah. kind of going with the momentum of, of the tides. And and that's not a bad thing. Some people figure it out down the line. We, I'm sure I could have figured it out, but I it, it took me having to walk away from everything, from that business, taking that time and, and refocusing on who I wanted to be as a, and as a human being and as a business owner, what kind of boss I wanted to be, what kind of opportunities I wanted to continue providing that, by the time I, um, by the time I came back to Portland and started the pandemic, um, I was just like, man, if I just get another shot at this, like, yeah. I know all the things that I have to fix. So, at the end of it, my my biggest like thing that I can offer anybody and as a mentor and and as a friend is just like, if you're going into business for anything, make sure that you fill these three boxes, um, and you don't have to have like these baller ass like mentors. You just have to have people that keep you grounded yeah. that tell you when you're like, hey, maybe you might be taking on too much. And I'm not talking about responsibilities financially, but just mentally. Yeah. You know, take a break. Take a step yeah. back. Finding a little balance can be tough. I mean, I mean, I feel like, you know, everyone is always working on that. It's trying to find a, trying to find somewhat of a balance. And, um, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's difficult. I hear that. I hear that. Um, I, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, what, what do you see? I mean, you don't got to share too much if you don't want to, but what do you see going forward? I mean, you said, you said that, you know, you knew your end goals and I get, I right. guess. So what, what are your end goals for Republica, for Perlita, for, I mean, for you? Yeah. I mean, for us, I mean, it's different things, right? For Republica, it's easy. Like the goal was off the bat was just to, to be the, the beacon of like, that's, and this is going to sound crazy, but just, um, this to to be able to create an example of what our culture, uh, food wise, what it's supposed to be, and what we've taken away from spending that time in Mexico, from growing up in Mexico, and presenting it in a humble way, better than anybody else in the city or in the Pacific Northwest. And it's a very, um, you know, when you take that that statement, or at least a a more uh, a better written out statement of just saying that. Yeah. You can do all kinds of like little categories under it. It's like, how do you do it? Well, better ingredients, okay, better quality, uh, better presentation. Like these are all the things. And, and that's sort of like its own, um, that's our own baby between myself, Chef Olivia and Chef Laro. Like we, this is what we're geared towards. For me personally, I have like five, six different projects that keep me occupied yeah. um, that at any point could shift and like take precedent. But I'm able to do that because, again, I know what the angle is with everything that I take on, right? So when I start working or talking or thinking about um, any other concept that I want to take on, whether it is opening a, the first, um, you know, uh, Latino, Latinx-owned brewery in Portland 
or going and, and venturing off into uh, uh, production, uh, video production for television. It's always like, how much can I do before I burn out, like like yeah. physically and mentally? And how much am I risking by doing this with all the other ventures that I have going on, be yeah. it my coffee shop, my roasting, the restaurant? Um, is this even feasible? And if I say, okay, I got about 20% of my time that I could dedicate this to, is that nearly enough to make this successful? And if it's not, then then I just don't mess with it. You know, like yeah. I, I get really, those ideas work up really, really fast and you get excited about it and you start writing projections and you start thinking about how you're going to do things. And then at the end of it, if it's taking too much of your time or you think that it's going to take too much of your time, just focus on the thing that's feeding you. And right now, yeah. there's too many good things that we have going on that uh, for me to take my eye off of it would be insane. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I guess a personal question I have for you, I mean, you have you have the experience and you have, you know, you have three businesses uh, with partners, of course. How do you, I mean, something that I have a question is like, how do you balance those three things? Like, you know, like you're talking about spreading yourself too thin and burning right. out and and you know you say that out loud and it's like some people including me is like how does on hill do that do that i mean there's only so many hours in a day i mean you 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 got your grind right you got multiple projects as well like i, I mean it, it is a challenge man i think it's different different personalities and different attitudes you know when i have a, a meeting with my creative um partner um about maybe going into the uh, clothing and and like a different industry altogether and is this feasible and it's very feasible um is there opportunities to do these things there is but again you you set those expectations early on and you establish boundaries as to what you have and what everybody else's uh responsibilities are so that you're not expecting too much from those people and you're not disappointed when they can't come through you know because yeah every one of them is different you know um when i'm talking about um, you know, going back to the brewery thing, when we talk about doing this thing, I think, can this person that I'm trying to create this with, can they take on all that? Uh, no, they, their focus should just be the beer part. Okay, so if yeah. that's the case, producing beer, making beer, making a quality product, then that means that I have to take on creative, on the marketing, on the business, and, and all those three things. Can I take that on on myself um, before I start getting really, like, um, resentful that I'm doing too much? Yeah. You know, so then you have to go back to yourself and say, like, dude, again, you're doing too much. So, yeah. you know, the, the relationship that I have with uh, with uh, Axel, who runs um, pretty much everything with La Perlita, you know, you go there on any day and with the exception of Saturday, he's there daily. Right. Yeah. And he hustles and he has a big responsibility and big expectations. And we have our way of communicating where it works. Um and it's very different than the relationship I have with like Olivia and Lauro, who yeah. well, I see both of them daily. And it, it makes it, it's a lot easier when you see somebody that often that you're just kind of going over the same things over and over uh, versus if you're working three, four different projects, which is kind of what I got going on the side where um, if you don't become really good and really organized with your uh, plans and, and, and action goals, then a lot of stuff gets lost really, yeah. really, you know, and stuff doesn't yeah. get done. So, yeah, awesome. Well, what, so what, what can what can everybody look forward from from you, Chef Olivia, and Chef uh, Lauro in in twenty twenty one? What is? Do you have any exciting yeah, news or, or anything? Yeah, you know, when we started this thing, um, 
we wanted to make sure we had a simple goal. And the, the goal was just survive and tell the story. That was the first three months. Uh, to Yesterday was our three-month anniversary from when we Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. And and so far, I feel really good about that part, right? Like, things haven't been perfect because we didn't get our liquor license till like, maybe three weeks ago or, like, yeah. the start of the year. January so 1st. Month, right. right. Yeah. Um, so those first two months, it was tough. You know, there's times where you just have to take a step back and be like, you know, like, dude, don't stress. You you had a terrible day. You can't control it. Weather, elections. I mean, there were so many incidents this year that – um, that sort of changed how the day, the the outlook of the day was, right? And if you're a restaurateur, by five o'clock, you know what kind of day you're going to have. Yeah. So uh, at least for us, that's been the, the story. So again, taking a step back and just being like, it's going to be fine. All you have to do is just continue your quality and continue building uh, a good culture around your, your business and share more of what it is that you're doing. Uh, yeah. If our goal was to be the best Mexican um restaurant in in the pacific northwest then we had to do all the things better than everybody else and we were very i mean we're pretty good about with every dish that we have it's very intentional meaning that um we don't just craft things that are easy we craft things that have a story that have etymology that have some sort of origin that we can have people understand so if you can if we did that right we knew we were gonna we were gonna be fine so now after three months now when we talk about the future and what it looks like it's like okay great well we know what works and we know what we can improve on right yeah now that we've done that then it gives us an opportunity to clear, create a clearer menu create a concept that's a little more visible you know platos rotos is our morning thing and uh, república is just more of a come hang out and have you know five six different dishes in yeah. a, in, in a glass of wine or, or some beer so Understanding that we know which to push at what time and what needs to change, what need to what we need to adjust. So, it gives us the opportunity to say this is the time between eleven o'clock to two o'clock where we get really creative and do things that nobody else is doing in this town or has even taken on with food because we know that everything else is taking care of itself. You know, desserts and cheese boards are like kind of like their own restaurant. Yeah, you know, yeah. they do their own thing. Uh, our evening menu is doing its own thing. Our cocktails are doing great. Our tastings are amazing. So there's this one thing that is not really hurting us, but it's it's a place of opportunity where we can creatively make it better. And that's become the conversation. So how do we continue that? And how do we continue um, making it so that people understand that it's just not like a like yeah they make really they make good Mexican food. It's it's it has to be geared towards an experience versus being geared towards you know, being just a place where you go pick up lunch, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So that's the goal. And, of course, you know, the, the, the beauty of where we are right now, uh, now that we've kind of gone, I wouldn't say on cruise control or autopilot, but we've gotten used to what the workload looks like on a really busy day and on a day where we can get creative. Yeah. Um, we, we know what it takes. So if we wanted to, we've been entertaining a lot of, like, folks just throwing uh, throwing opportunities at us. Um, and those opportunities or throwing conversations uh, at us that become opportunities and from opportunities, you start creating concepts. And I think if anything, the outlook for us is just to continue growing. And that's not just within Republica, but with other, other prospects that have come along the way. So yeah. yeah, man. Lovely. Lovely. Very exciting. Well, Hey, I appreciate you jumping on uh, Instagram live. We figured it out. Take three. 
but I appreciate you uh, jumping on for half an hour. I know you're a busy man and yeah, it, it's inspiring stuff. And yeah, I mean, you're, as I've told you multiple, multiple times, I mean, you're a very inspiring person and, and you've, in, in, in my eyes, you've broke ground and, and kind of, in my eyes, you've kind of dived head first and, and kind of figured it out as you've gone, you know, and, and that's inspiring. And it, you, you bring people together. You're, you know, that's it. yeah, you bring people together and it's about experiences and yeah, it's, it's special. Well, I, I, just to, to close on that, thank you so much. I, I appreciate your, your kind words. That, that means the world to me, I, but I will say that none of that would be possible without the team that we have. None of it would be possible without, you know, I, I, yes, I do bust my ass and I do all these things, but I also have Olivia who, who by my side is constantly creating, constantly sort of keeping everything in harmony. And we have Laro who, He's still the executive chef at King Town. He's still yeah, doing his like 50, 60 hours plus over there and coming in in the morning and keeping everybody inspired and in line and making sure that they know that we're working towards something bigger. So um, I, I couldn't, none of this could be possible without the people around us. And, you know, going outside of that with Axel um, doing what he does uh, yeah. without Tess, uh, making sure that the business of the coffee runs. And even my folks back in Mexico, they keep sending me samples to yeah. keep buying new shit. So yeah. thank you, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Of course. Well, you have a great rest of your Friday and, and uh, hope to see you soon. Yes, sir. Thank, thank you, you again. Thank you for hopping on. See ya. Yeah. yeah.